people of Le Monde. Welcome to that sports podcast. Season five, episode eight. It's no longer Jesse and I. We've got one of our valued members, Mr. Joshua McClement, with us tonight. For my intro, it's basically catered directly to Joshua. So hear me out, Josh. Last night, the former coach of your Los Angeles Kings, Daryl Sutter. Well, this was before last night's game, but the Calgary Flames played the Toronto Maple Leafs. And leading up to that game, Daryl Sutter, he just praised the absolute crap out of the Toronto Maple Leafs going into it. And I thought, he's a very smart guy. We all know this. He's very calculated. Why would he do that, knowing that deep down the Toronto Maple Leafs will shrink in the biggest moments, also known as the playoffs? And I say this as somebody who has a daughter, six years old, who likes the Toronto Maple Leafs. So even though I cheer for her hated rival, the Montreal Canadiens, I tend to pull for the Leafs in the playoffs, but I have no trust in them. So why would Daryl Sutter do this? And the only explanation I can come up with is something that will make John Graham very upset. He's pulling a a Bill Belichick is what he's doing. He's trying to fluff them up. He's trying to get them to think that they are the bee's knees before the game so that his team can come in and catch them on their heels. All this to say, at the end of the day, the Leafs ended up winning, so that sort of ruins my argument, but they won in overtime. So the Flames gave them a good go. Jesse's Flames gave them a good go. I got, more, I got, I got more to say on that, on that game later in okay. my awards. Sounds good. But I, I just let's open it up to both of you. Thank you for being here tonight. And what do you think about Daryl Sutter? Pulling a Bill Belichick. I don't. I, mean, I don't. I don't think that's what he did. Let me hear yeah, what I you think, think he was, he was doing. Josh. Facts. Yeah, I think he's a matter of fact kind facts. of guy. Yeah, I think. I think if anything, he wants his team to like Daryl. Daryl likes his teams to fight, so he was probably sending a message to his own team saying, "You really got to try hard." More than he was trying to get in the head of the Leafs. <clears throat> yeah, he was pissed after that Columbus game. Because I think he wanted them to get up for playing Johnny Goudreau, and they they shit the bed to, like in terms of not even defensively in terms of passion in that game they just didn't have the passion. Okay, and, so um, in term in terms of facts, I mean the Leafs. So what? Read so today the Leafs the are 13, so 13 the, wins. What you consider a puff or whatever. Thirteen he's, wins. He's just staying matter factly. If you look yeah. at them, the last certain amount of games. That's right. They, they have thirteen you know, wins, one loss, team in the league. And four ties. So over that stretch of, uh, what is that? Help me with the math here. 18 games. They're, they've so won 13 of 18. A, so he's saying they're the hottest is, team in the league is what, he, is what he's saying. To me, what he's saying there, this is a talented team. This is a skilled team. This is a team that can win games in the regular season. And if we want to beat them, we need to show up. That's to me what yeah. he's saying. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't think he was trying to get in the head of the league at all. It might have worked, but I don't think it did because they won. 
Yeah, it's but, a little bit I mean, of a they took them, they took the them to the limit. Though. The way, if the Leafs played the way they played that game in the playoffs, they would have lost that game. And That's, more to that, come. That is that is my point. When we get to the Schuler Awards, more to fucking come. It's Schuler. Because I'm, I'm pissed off about the game. Well, whatever you want to call it. Schooler some is what I want to call him. That's his name. Some fucking New England Patriot that nobody cares about except for Al. Is John Graham on this podcast or no? Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, how was your week? Let's start with you, Jess, and then we'll go to Josh. How was your week? And uh, let's let's hear. We, this is how we started this whole podcast two years ago. Let's hear something sports related about yourself that we don't already know. How was your week? Something sports. Hey, you don't. Are, you want to hear about my sports? Yes. On, in the week? No. Two separate questions. So how was my week? Generally, it went by fast. Um, I don't know. I uh, I worked, and then I went home, and I uh, did you go on any walks? That I have to look you go on any walks? The only things the, I have to look the police tra- the trailing you off your wife playing hockey. It's, so somewhere else, what? did that happen? Did you go on any walks what? around the neighborhood while your wife was out with the keys? No, it was too cold. I okay. I actually almost, I barely exercised. I. I managed to go to the gym Friday because our hockey game was canceled on Friday. So instead of going to the gym, so instead of playing hockey, I went to the gym, which was good because I needed to do some exercises for my knee. Cause I was, I played like, even though I got an assist and we won, I played like shit on Tuesday because I realized I have to exercise every day to keep my knee strong. And so it's a catch 22. I need to put in the work to keep my leg strong for my knee. And that, and that, causes damage because of because of working it but if i don't work it it causes more damage from not working it so it's a you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't just the damn paradox but um but we did win on on tuesday three nothing without josh and uh okay and and what's something sports related about yourself that we don't already know you don't know about me after two years of um in grade 10, I played basketball. And what position? Uh, I was actually considered, uh, I would say mostly point guard ish. And I played for this like really small town, 300 people in Saskatchewan that I only, I only lived there for a couple of years. And um, just from like dribbling and shooting hoops almost every day the summer before, I actually got to be the starting point guard on, the, on that team. And, um, I was pretty good, except when it came to like actually playing in a game, because I didn't know anything about basketball. So you, but were in good, terms of dribbling, you were, good, you were a practice all shooting, and defense, I actually wasn't bad at because I knew to be aggressive from hockey, not Josh level aggressive, but, um, but in terms of like, here's here's one thing I did. So I was pretty good at the basic raw skills of basketball, but here's one of the things I did because of hockey that you're not supposed to do in basketball in hockey. When you're on a three on two, you're supposed to drive wide and then either pass to the guy going to the net, get it on net or pass back to the high guy in basketball. You're supposed to stay in the middle. And now you have two options pass to one of the two on the other side or go directly down the lane. So I, one of the first times playing basketball coming on a three on two and all of a sudden I would go, I would be in the middle and I would drive wide because of hockey and the coach was like what are you doing you're already yeah, in the middle you're taking, you're you're taking the be. pressure away from the defense 
yeah, so there's one thing from hockey. You're alleviating the Hockey pressure. that didn't translate into basketball. On Anyways, there's one thing you know. That's pretty I good. an okay basketball player at 14 and stopped playing after that. And you peaked because you only played a little bit of basketball. Because most of the time you can't play hockey. Hockey and basketball together. Yeah, it doesn't well, work. It some just of us, some of us made the correct choice. We were a small enough. Some of us made the correct choice and chose basketball over hockey. So, some of us are still I mean, playing basketball. Hockey. <laughs> Listen, you put me on yeah. the court. I'll play with anybody. Yeah, well, you I'm should, sick. Al. You should get in a rec team. You yeah. watch me. Just watch me, Pierre Elliott Trudeau. Just watch me, Josh. How how you are you? And you. give us something sports related about you. Uh... I'm good. Um, well, I'll give you both. I mean, so Friday, uh, my son did the Timbits, um, uh, Timbits at the Rangers game. So, uh, so I got to see him do that. It was great. He had a blast. Um, he kind of got confused because it was a little confusing because it's Timbits hockey. So he ended up in like center ice, just trying to find which side of the ice he's supposed to go on. So that's pretty cool. He's like hmm. taking all, taking it all in. Yep. Um, yeah, it was great. The Rangers, you know, it's, a, it's always a fun, you know, going to those OHL games. It's always fun, but definitely because it's OHL, there's a couple of fights. <laughs> and so having to do some parenting around that. <clears throat> um, Dad, why did they do that? Was that basically the question? Yeah, that was. Yeah. What well, does that mean? I get to do that now? <laughs> well, like, I think the the more the other question was, you know, Dad, have you ever did that? I was like, well, <laughs> you know, there was this one guy named Stuart. <laughs> what'd you do? What'd you do to Stuart? Or what did you wish that you did to Stuart in your in your mind, Josh? <laughs> I was just trying to get you going, Allie. Uh no, there was no Stuart. Um who was but, there though? Uh, there was something about a, a cousin. How many fights have a you had in your a hockey friend, career? A cousin of a friend up against the fence and you, fights, you absolutely maybe. bullied him. Like he he didn't deserve it, and you just you wouldn't what? stop. Wait, wait, what? Sorry, oh, I believe cousin you. of a friend. Cousin in of Hanover. A friend. Oh no, that that wasn't me. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't Gosh, you. I've heard a different had. story, but okay, we'll just keep going. We'll pretend I didn't. Yeah, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Because um, you wouldn't want to take responsibility. <laughs> no, no. Um, how many hockey fights have I been in? Uh, yeah. I don't know, like four or five. Awesome. Not that many. Not that many. Yeah, yeah. Many. More than me. I've I've been in three. Oh yeah, more than three. I've been in three with a guy. <laughs> surprise, surprise! You beat me on hockey fights. Well, I haven't fought in years. I think you know, probably no, ten years since really I've been a... in a. Oh, hockey this fight. is riveting stuff. That's this a, is like the glory days, Bruce Springsteen. Thank you. All right, yeah. let's move yeah. on. Here we go. Yeah. Um, our first topic comes from our producer, Mark, who is one of the more thoughtful guys that we all know. And yet he produces our podcast and does not come on the podcast. I wish he would. I asked him, but it was way too late today and he just got the message. So I wanted him to actually be our featured guest because he brought this article to my attention. So thank you for that, Mark. The article is by a woman named Laura Wagner. She writes for Defector, which is a website that is an offshoot of Deadspin. 
And basically there were a group of people who worked for Deadspin. I hope I get this right, Mark, who um, noticed the direction philosophically that Deadspin was headed. And they said, we're not going to buy into this sort of nonsense with advertising and trying to get clickbait and trying to just write stuff for the sake of writing it so that we have content, but instead we want a website that is devoted to more thoughtful uh, journalism, sports journalism. So then Defector comes out and they are this website that is subscription-based and they want people to actually, people who think critically about things to also think critically about sports. And one of these articles has just, it's been really good. I mean, I read it because Mark told me to read it and Jesse skimmed it and Josh has not looked at it for a second. So I will start off with my thoughts and then maybe we'll go to the skimmer and then maybe we'll get the reactions of uh, Josh McClement. Uh, Here we go. So first segment is about Andrew Luck and Laura Wagner basically said in the article that, um, This uh, Seth Wickersham, who is, I think he works for ESPN. He did a piece on Andrew Luck this week where he documented first why Andrew Luck, why we thought he retired in 2019. And the, I remember the general consensus was a lot of injuries, but it ended up not. Yeah. That was only, I don't know, the tip of the iceberg. It wasn't really what was going underneath the surface. And, She basically said that there's a lot more happening and she argues that Andrew Luck basically got fed up with what it means to be an NFL quarterback. And there's a part in the article where, um, I don't know if it's with Seth or in contact with Andrew or Laura's thoughts, but basically made the point that with quarterbacks, they can be the the only adult in the room and they can be the most pouty child in the room at the same time. And there's something about playing that position that makes you a control freak to the point where Andrew Luck would get the nickname of being like the offensive line coach, even though he was the quarterback because he tried to understand all the blocking patterns of the offensive line. And then more extremely, out to dinner, he would order for his teammates, even without them wanting him to. So he basically said that it brought out a part in his personality that he didn't even know was there, that was this controlling weirdo who would overstep And so it just makes me think like the quarterback is such a valued position. We say this all the time, like it's the sexiest position in the NFL. Like that's what you want to be the quarterback. And yet it ruins you in other areas of life where you can't have healthy relationships with your partner or your kids because your self-identity is so wrapped up in you being the man as the quarterback, the one who is directing everybody else. And so then um, she gets to a point in the article, and I'm just going to bring it up here. 
So Wagner writes, the profile gets into the profile she's referring to as the uh, Wickersham with luck profile. The profile gets into much more detail about what luck picked up after retiring. So he picked up fatherhood, skiing, cycling, fishing, and what he's up to now, going back to Stanford to study education in the hopes of becoming a teacher. But the most interesting part to me is the claim made early in the profile about how the greatest quarterbacks are often selfish and fragile, controlling and pouty, both the owner, this is what I mentioned before, both the only adult in the room and a grown child. Is it possible to be a normal guy with functioning relationships and a healthy self-regard and a professional quarterback at the same time? There's plenty of lip service paid to addressing mental health in sports, but what exactly does mental health look like for a pro athlete? A single-minded focus on performance and winning or a mindset that's more capacious with room for softness and flexibility and concern for other people. How do sports teams and leagues reckon with these questions or is there too much money at stake for them to even attempt it? Boom. Is being a pro athlete fundamentally incompatible with being mentally whole? So Andrew Luck, despite the criticism, he has found a life that's way more meaningful than being an NFL quarterback. So I open this up to other areas. I mean, some of us really follow the NFL. I know you guys follow the NHL. So I would think that's sort of akin to the goaltender who's the most important position. But yeah, I'll just open it up to you. What do you think of what I've said, what I've babbled on about for five minutes or maybe more? Um, does it make sense to you? And what are your impressions? I mean, I think, okay, maybe some QBs are predisposed to that, but I think it's definitely possible to be a healthy whole person and be an NFL quarterback. Like Peyton Manning seems like a pretty um, good example of that. He seems healthy, good family life. His brother seems like a pretty good guy. I don't know. Like, I don't know much about some of these other guys. Like, Matthew Stafford seems like a pretty good guy, pretty whole person. Seems like he can do a lot of different things. I don't know. Um, okay, Tom Brady seems a little out of this, a little off. Aaron Rodgers seems a little off, these guys. But I, don't I agree think with necessary. you, and I love Tom Brady. So I agree with you. Yes, keep going. But I don't think that's necessarily – I don't think it necessarily has to be that way. Um, it, I mean, it depends on how you're raised. It depends on blah, 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 blah. I mean, you do see now Tom Brady, he, he has talked about how like how much time and effort has to go into being a quarterback because you have to know so much and how that, you know, he wants to have more time towards just being a regular human. And But he also chose football over his family this year. So... Yeah, That's because his whole life and legacy has been about that. But he's also, I mean, he married a supermodel, right? So not to stereotype that, but it's like if your if your career is spent, I'm sure once again, I'm sure there's moral, healthy supermodels. But if your whole life is devoted to looking good, like that's what your job is. That's also not going to be the healthiest in putting a quarterback and a supermodel together. Of course, they're not going to like what's going to be the divorce rate on that. What's going to be your healthy kid rate? It's not 
going to be very high. So I don't think it necessarily has to be like that, but I just think, I think that's the, that's the, what can happens I, can I try to sum up what I think I was trying to say? I think basically what spoke to me in the article is this question. When your job becomes your identity and the effect, what is the effect on you as an entire human being, the whole person? So when your job and specifically the QB seems to do this because you are the man, but when that becomes your self-identity, how is that problematic? That is sort of what I'm trying to summarize. That makes more sense. Yeah. Josh? If I could uh, jump in here. You can and you shall. Oh, and oh okay. Yes, good, of course. Good. Just asking for permission. Well, thank you. I didn't, I didn't read the article, Delight. but, but, um, I mean, I, I think it's worth, like, I mean, it, 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 it speaks to a lot. It, it can be anything, but when you're, when your job starts at 16 or 17 and the, the mentality of that job gets drilled into you, then, then the whole car culture, because if you, you got to look at it, like someone's developing along sort of the life cycle, people aren't really developed until between 25 and 30. So, so the culture of being the quarterback, the culture of the NFL, like a lot of these guys start, like how old's Tua? He's one of the, he's like a rookie quarterback, right? He's 20. Early 20s. Early 20s, right? So he's not a fully developed person. So the culture is shaping him. It's like a, it's called a bioecological system theory of development where it. Who he coined impacts, that phrase in what textbook? Uh, Broffenbenner, I think. Okay. Dietrich Barbara, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyways, um, always a German. What's that? So it's always a German. Always a German. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Um, <laughs> okay. Anyway. Anyways. I mean, um, Bonhoeffer, Luther, uh, Heidegger, right. and this guy you've mentioned. Yeah, there's a couple Germans I could say that weren't so smart, but all right. Um, Sometimes they're too smart. But yeah, that's my point. My point is like, so as people develop, yes, it's going to shape who they are. Can they, there's always hope, right? People, everyone has to work it out. But if you're, if you're like, you know, if you think back to how people were in their twenties and and in their early teens, like, did you guys have any idea of what you wanted to be? Like, I mean, not really. Maybe some of you did. I was a total piece of shit. Well, there you go. Right. So I had an an idea at 17. But it didn't, it it was absolutely, it was in the same field, right? but totally different from what I'm actually doing, but it, right. the same general field. So you wanted to be a cult leader and, and it didn't quite work out that way, but that's, well, pretty close. Uh, um, I, sen- I sense a little religious baggage with you, a little trauma, maybe. <laughs> not religious trauma. No, not um, religious trauma. Okay. It's interesting you that any, you went so quickly to cult. Any religious yeah. trauma, Josh. So I don't. I wasn't raised in the church. You guys so forget that you can't have any baggage. I guess, huh? I can. I, I can. I I'm sure I do, but not as much as you guys. <laughs> Sorry, we got to cut that. Anyways, um, no, but yeah, I no, think, I think I yeah, that's fine. Of course, is that is that called so, deflection in psycho- psychological terms, Josh? It's uh, could be, but it's also the fact that we're on a podcast right now not necessarily in a could you, you know, could you go with your point here what what is your point 
My point is, of course, it's going to impact who they are as people. Can they be healthy? I think it might depend on the culture. And I don't know not much about quarterback culture. I don't think like that goalies are on par as a quarterback though, because I think goalies aren't running plays and stuff. like Okay. That, so right? what about, what about the best player on the team? So well, say, yeah, I mean, like your I don't Sam think, or something. I don't like think, that. Oh yeah. Stamkos. Well, Stamkos, I think I'd say he's the quarterback is, of the lightning, even though they have Kucherov and yeah. they have Hedman, I'd say Stamkos has been there longer. Well, he's the he's, captain. He's what you would yeah. say is the quarterback of that. Team. Yeah. He's so the like, captain, but how does taking that, like from what I said about luck, but, but Stamkos didn't, Stamkos. Stamkos didn't start as the captain, right? Okay. We're not talking about captaincy. We're talking about, Doing but he didn't. He didn't. He didn't start as the leader. You're, you're talking about a quarterback who has to be the leader. Okay, so who was the leader? Right? Le Cavalier or St. Louis when he came? Probably in? when he came in, it was yeah. those guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess, but you get you get what I'm saying. Generally, I'm trying to make it. But I think what you're a, a better a better example would be McDavid, who comes in McDavid. and Let's is go. supposed to be the the like the the leader and the and he sort of not everyone can be Sid because Sid did it so freaking well but yeah let's go to McDavid I don't know if Sid did it that well like if you look if you hear the stories about that team there was a lot of leaders that weren't Sid on those Penguins teams right like it took them some time to figure out how to be that I'm just saying I I don't yeah. know what it's like in the NFL culture I don't know if people have that space to grow into the role and I think that's yeah, people were always saying how Sid was a whiner when first got in the league how recky had to sit him down and say listen you gotta stop being a little my boy yeah. mark recky hall of famer all right go back to mcdavid go with your point on mcdavid josh i just think like i don't think mcdavid's super well either like emotionally no. yeah so it, like, it confirms the point about the article yeah. by wagner yes yeah yeah I, I could yeah from what you said i could see that being a real problem but i don't think it's like there's, there's always hope to change. They just have to unlearn stuff and figure figure out how to be I think for, functioning. I think for Peyton Manning, it was his faith that helped him be grounded. I think for a lot of – I think for Jerome McGinley, it was his faith that helped him stay grounded. I think um, just you got to think outside yourself. There's something bigger than yourself, whether it be family, whether it be religion, whether it be nature. I think being grateful and thinking outside yourself is important for change in that way. The world doesn't revolve around you. And I think that's part of what Andrew. So, so okay. But what you saying. just said, Hove, I'm sorry I'm inter- interrupting. But when the world does revolve around you in, let's say, six out of seven days of the week where you actually, people are in orbit around you, psychologically, that does something to you. And I think that's what 100%. Is, yeah. is getting yep. at. Just like, just like the opposite would have a negative effect, right? Right. Yeah, of course. Sure, yeah. I agree. Well, nobody pays attention to you, and it yes. gives like and you can terrible psychological leader. damage the other way. Yeah, like if you look at convicts, right? When you give them space to act like animals in seclusion, they all of a sudden, even people with rational minds can sort of change their behaviors and and their thoughts, right? So, for hundred percent, the environment uh, prison experiment. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. It's a problem. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, that's why it's, it's important very... to always recognize that you could. I think, Les, like people talk about like people who do awful things, right? And they're like, oh, I could never do that. I think it's always important to recognize that anybody could. 
you could, anybody could under the wrong or right or wrong circumstances, anybody could become that person. Right. And so that's why it's, it's always important to take a step back, whatever's happening. Yeah. It's just really refreshing to read an account of someone who had so much perceived power and authority. So there's a part in the article where uh, luck, it was 2017 where luck actually entered therapy at the request of his wife and trainer and the therapist said to him okay so like you're you're an nfl quarterback and you do that really well people love you for it but are you not more than that and he said it took him aback he was just like i mean no one's really asked me that like am i more than that and we all know like luck is a very thoughtful person he was one of these guys sort of similar to dougie hamilton that we referenced a couple weeks ago where he reads books instead of hitting the bars like he He's introspective. He's a Stanford grad. He's going back to Stanford now post playing career to pursue a degree in education so he, he can become a teacher. So there's there's parts about luck that are, is very admirable. And it's also just very, I said this word already, but very refreshing that there's someone who was basically like he never won a Super Bowl, but he was at the peak in terms of talent. He was at the absolute peak. Like everybody knew Andrew Luck has the capability to be the best quarterback in the league. And he, at 29 years old, walked away from it. And it's just very rare. We have other instances of athletes doing it, but I wouldn't say we have many instances of athletes doing it. So uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Intentional sort of thinking, like they're doing it consciously. They're not doing it for... You know, like they said it was injuries, but it wasn't really injuries. The more you read this article, he did have injuries, but he consciously chose, I'm going to, I'm more than just quarterback and I'm going to pursue other venues of life. And I think it's a really wonderful message. That's my sort of. What's what, what, the message is that the message other... is that you are more than what your job is. So don't you know, wrap, don't so... wrap up your identity in only your job. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I don't think. But this is beyond sports, specifically to sports. You're thinking like people should be aware that there's life outside of sports. Like there's a world outside of whatever. Yeah, I mean, you doing. know, like my boy, you know, my feelings about Carrie Price. I actually respect Carrie more that he admitted that he had a problem with substances and he entered a program and he also has injury problems and that's probably why he'll never play again but he's not really at the age where most goalies retire and yet he probably won't ever play again and i don't know there's something also about that that i'm like way to go carrie like focus on other areas of your life but remember yeah Also, we could desperately need you on the ice because Jake Allen is not hacking it. So if you want to reconsider, we'll take you back. Work something out for him. Like he he can play home games. He looked pretty good on Saturday night. Um, But uh, yeah, but then then your Kings won. So way to get that in. Um, But Kings. um, I forgot what I was going to say there. Shit. Oh, well. yeah, but it's like the problem becomes when you have these athletes, you got to remember, like, they're, they're, they're gazillionaires. They have billions of dollars. Another there's, problem. Yes. There, there's people out there who are wrapped up in the, and their identity is what they do for a living. 
and they can't afford to leave that job, right? And that's where it becomes sort of problematic, right? So yeah, I think it's a good message that these guys are saying, look, I'm more than a quarterback. What you're saying is they have privilege wrapped in with that where they can walk away. And there's plenty of people who cannot walk away. Exactly. The same conclusion. But even when you can't walk away, I think it's still important to find ways to. Oh, that yeah. It's just the therapy is a little different. Yeah. Well, therapy or just doing what you need to do. Like I, I think, um, I work with a, a guy who's been working the same job for 40 years or whatever. And his biggest advice to anyone that comes in is take care of your family first. Job comes second, you take care of your family first. And to me, that's, you know, that's, that's one of those things, right? Is yeah, you still got to work the job. You still got to make money. Most of us do, but um, never prioritize the job over what matters most i mean people say this at the end of at the end of i mean they they write literature on like people's regrets at the end of life and one of them i mean it's never i wish i worked more it's never i wish i uh prioritized my career it's it's more that i know that i could have done something better and it's usually having to do with relationships so i mean that totally checks out with what people say unless you're just such an unhealthy person like napoleon wishing he would have fought the russian war different or something unless you're napoleon <laughs> or yeah. maybe brady i, I mean know. honestly i feel like brady is such an obsessive personality oh. i can see him being like oh on his deathbed oh i could have won one so more, guys you know? i mean the the luck article makes me think about and this will be a breath of fresh air for john graham and everybody else who's heard me just like laud tom brady for the last x number of years all it makes me think of is that Luck is such a better man than Tom Brady. And Tom Brady has hung on way too long, and we're going to get to that with our start bench cut. I mean, he's hung on one year too long. Last year he was MVP candidate, probably should have won. But one year too long, which makes us go to the start bench cut in in a few <laughs> minutes. I'm just saying, as a person, I've lost so much respect for the man because of how he operates with his endorsements and he's chasing stuff. And I mean, he just has seemed to lost. He has lost who he was 20 years ago, who was like this wide eyed rookie who really cared about his teammates in football. And now he's become, I don't know what he is anymore. It's just hard to watch where he's screaming at teammates all the time. And he is very focused on his own stuff going on, which makes money. And it's, yeah, that's, that's, that's basically my point. It's that I have lost a a lot of respect for Tom, even though, as I've said on this pod all the time, I'll cheer for him between the lines, outside of the lines, Tom, you've really disappointed me. And I'd rather cheer for someone like Andrew Luck outside of the lines. Full stop. You think Tom Brady listens to this or was that Uh, just, I think the fact that you think that, says something terrible <laughs> we no well, i just you you we, address tom like tom I you mean, there's other patriots <laughs> fans that listen to this so you know i mean yeah, but, hey, maybe, maybe. Sure. maybe it become a patriots movement you know i just um sure. yeah i it's it's hard to watch as one of your guys and and this happened to me like well i won't even go into my childhood where i'm I like put someone on a pedestal and then like, holy crap, it comes crashing down. Really? 
Really? It seemed to have a pattern with me, Josh. Go for the heroes and then the heroes let you down. Let's go to your bit about, you know, don't do any, don't put anybody up there. All right. I said it for you. All right. Let's go to, um, you can still believe, hey, but you can still believe in people and you can still believe in Tom Brady's ability to to change and move forward. And oh, I mean, still person. still with two, and don't ever, two, the two-minute drill, I said between the lines, I believe in him. Outside, outside of the lines, I am not taking any life advice from Tom Brady. No, but I still believe that he can become a better person. And I still yeah, there, there's, there's there's always hope. There's always hope, Jess. Yes, I still believe there's potential yeah. for change. You know, maybe... When he's 60 or 70 or whatever it is, he's like, what the hell was I doing? Mike, yep. you know, you, you never know. Right. Um, yep. Guys, that was yep. a, that was a big There's, topic. Let's go. Um, let's go to something lighter. Let's go to our Quaylen and Schooler awards. The Quaylen award is based. I, I mean, I've heard dissension on this podcast about the name, but the Quaylen award is named for Dante Hightower. His middle name is Quaylen. He was a timely linebacker for the new England Patriots. And that's why it's called the Quaylen award for the most timely play of the week. The schooler award also new England Patriot, because I happen to be a Patriots fan and I sort of make some of these decisions on the podcast. Sorry, not sorry. Brendan schooler, very rookie move. Handing the ball to Bill Belichick. That's the explanation. So handing the ball to Bill Belichick when the game wasn't over and he just looked like a total noob. So that's the Schooler Award. Do you guys first have any Quaylen Awards for the most timely play of the week? Uh, for me, I'm just going to do another general one, uh, as I as most of us do. Um, uh, Morocco, making it to... Uh, to the next round, the first North African country to ever make it to uh, what is it? The top eight or I think the top eight or the top four in a world cup. So that was pretty cool. And it also um, gives me more, more hope for Canada because I think Canada was an incredibly tough uh, pool being with Croatia, Morocco, and Belgium, Croatia and Morocco. I think both of them are still in this thing. So as of Sunday evening, December, 11th or whatever so um so yeah so morocco congrats i hope you keep going i'll be cheering for you because uh yeah that's fun josh you got a quailing uh not really i i guess i'll give it to give it to my son who played timbits way to go it was good it was fun to watch way to go young mcclement all right. Uh, my Quaylen Award goes to Chris Letang, who came back from a stroke and led the Penguins in ice time. I feel like that's pretty timely and quite inspirational. So Chris Letang, one of the big four of the Pittsburgh Penguins with Sid the Kid, Evgeny Malkin, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, I guess, and even though he's not with them anymore, and Chris Letang. Jeff Carter. Not quite a big four. He's kind of a rook, even though he's a veteran. He's a rook on the pen. Well, he's been there like four or five years, isn't he? I love him. I love him. He's just not one of that core, right? One of the one of the big four. Schooler Awards, most rookie play of the week. What was an absolute 
dumb move made by somebody this week in the world of sports? Well, mine is going to uh, referees TJ Luxmore and Michael McCarvick. Luxmore, a hometown native of Timmins, Ontario, and McCarvick, a Scarborough, Ontario native. Surprise, surprise. Um, calling all kinds of bullshit phantom calls in the Leafs-Flames game. Um, yeah. That's uh, it was. I mean, Sutter hadn't hit it right on the head. I think they gave into uh, Leafs Nation pressure and called some just absolute crazy dumb. Calls. I don't. I don't think they've ever been to the ACC before. I think they were just excited to have a have a yeah. night at uh, Air Canada Center. Yeah, just- yeah, yeah. Younger refs, but um, anyways, it is what it is. We still picked up a point, and uh, it was a good game besides the bullshit calls. So I'm just uh, yeah. That's who I'm giving it to. So, Josh, you got a you got a Schuler? Uh not really. I don't. I I haven't been really keeping my eye out for any of that stuff. Um, I mean, yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I got nothing. I'll go with. Uh, I'll give it to my son as well. We'll have both because you know he's Timbit, <laughs> so he's a rookie. You can't give your son a Schuler. Why not? <laughs> He is going to give him a complex. Well, I don't think he's ever going to hear this. <laughs> so You never know. I don't, I don't make him like, listen. Uh, to him. Maybe he'll want to when he's 20 or whatever. Well, Charlie, if you ever hear this, you're the best. There you go. There you go. All right, Al, what's your shooter? Schooler hoof for the umpteenth Schooler, time. Schooler, jeez. My Schooler My Schooler award. hasn't changed at all. It's always been. <laughs> oh, man. Why can't we just call it like best and worst of the week? I mean, or something? it has yeah, school yeah. in the name, Hof. There's not. It's not like a German pronunciation. It's Schooler. <laughs> I went to high school. Got me going on those Dietrichs. <laughs> yeah, that was I high stop school thinking. for you. <laughs> um, graduate from school. <laughs> okay, uh, my schooler award. Hmm, couple of options here. I'm killing time. Killing time. I mean, it's it's the basic idea that I thought, and I always overthink this. And this is like quite a sobering episode for me as I come to my senses on my allegiances. But the idea that I thought the Jeez. New England Patriots were a playoff team this year and they got a big game this week. They're trying to get back above 500, but that's not good enough when you're already at the, uh, this is week this is their 13th game week 14 in the nfl 13th game of the season and even if they beat arizona in the desert this week they're at seven and six so my schooler award which is a shameful award goes to myself for even believing that they were a playoff team and let me qualify this if they would have just said mac sit on the bench we're putting bailey in I think they would have been a playoff team. So maybe I'll give it to whoever decided that Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft. Technically they still have a chance though. Aren't you giving up on them too soon? Uh, 
Yeah, can still yeah. go ten and six, isn't? Or is there? No, I'm giving 16? up. No, I'm giving up. That's it. I'm giving up. Is there sixteen or, or is it seventeen now? Games? I'm giving up. Talk to me in two weeks, and maybe I won't be giving up. But this week, I'm giving up. Give I'm up. so annoyed with them. Totally and so Mac Jones, and again, why am I telling John that he's right again? Mac Jones is not the answer. And until we put Bailey in and give that him that is news. Chance, that is news. Not news. I've been a Bailey Alex guy. I've been a zappy you guy. have been praising Mac Jones for the last guy two since years. I've been a zappy guy for five or six weeks here. And Mac, I mean, he's not it. He's not the answer. Mac Jones, you've, uh, no, 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 no. He's not the answer. And he's been on your prayer list for the last two weeks now. Don't you, don't you dare. Don't you mix business and pleasure. Don't you dare. What the? I don't know what that actually meant, but I'm trying to say, don't you dare you like it made <laughs> talk sense about my sports way, with but... something other than sports. That means a lot more. Um, you, can't, you can't pray for, uh, you can't pray for it's Mac sports. Hove. For his well-being. It's, if well, talk to still Josh about meaning, meaninglessness a... of sports. Okay. And then still get back to me. We, we just, we just talked like half an hour about meaning making. There was meaning in that, but if we actually try to like get meaning from, this hobby that we get into? No, no. I, Mac I, Jones I, is not the answer. I, Bailey Zappi should have been starting the last five weeks, and we need a new quarterback. That's what I was going to say. A, a chance next season. <clears throat> the Lions beat um, beat uh, Minnesota today. It's great. Oh, I think the what's Lions. What's their record, Josh? Are they going to the playoffs? No, they're not out of it. It's not unthinkable. Minnesota. What's their record? Uh, let me just get you the way of knowing a real fan would know. I'm not a real fan, I guess. It doesn't bother me, (laughs) Alex. Was it supposed to? Oh, they're six and seven. Oh, there we go. Okay. Oh, yeah. So they're this is is my point. They're not that far behind the Patriots. So, well, that's that was actually what I was trying to say was you know, you crapple over the you crapple over the Lions. I think you owe the Lions an apology. I will never. They're closer to a Super Bowl than the Patriots. Uh, incorrect. Yeah, that's not true. The Lions have never won, Josh. Okay. I guess I'm living I mean, in the past. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they'll be better next year, but the Giants are closer to a Super Bowl than either. I mean, Montreal's won quite a bit of Stanley Cups. Does that mean they're going to win this year? They have you're a right. You're right. It's the gambler's fallacy. If something happens in the past, you think like, what is the gambler's fallacy? Let's talk about this. It's flipping like a, a quarter. I'm not a mathematician. It's so. it's so you so you flip a quarter and it's 50-50 chance, head, heads or tails. The gambler's fallacy, if I remember critical reasoning in my undergraduate degree is thinking that because a certain outcome has happened in the past, it will influence the future outcome. So that's what I'm getting at with me, you know, going like, Oh, the Patriots and Oh, the Habs in the past, something happened quite a bit. It does. It has zero. No, just let me finish. It has zero outcome on the future. So, like the the fifty fifty chance is the exact same odds. It does not skew it based on the past. The future outcome is not skewed based on the past. Gambler's when it comes fallacy. to when it comes to things that are static, like dice or cards or flipping a coin, but when it comes or something to something incredibly like random, like the NFL. 
I think when it comes to sports, it can be a different because there can be a mentality that comes into play. Like if you are, yeah, like the culture of a team. Well, Malcolm Gladwell's like talking about this with underdogs, but if you are a total, you know, favorite, and you know, sometimes that can get in your head, or you know, say you've beat a team, or five, if you're six, the Maple seven, Leafs eight, nine, and you struggle 10, in the playoffs, right? Right, even though you, in theory, have a good team, right? There's, yeah, there's all kinds of mental games that human beings do to each other. That's why almost every single sports team has a sports psychologist because your mental state is so important. So, yeah. Yeah. So that might, point. that in terms when it comes yeah. to sports gambling, that's not totally outside the realm of possible. If you know what I mean? Guys, you know, the game and the rules are simple. This is start bench cut. This is based on the guy that I've finally criticized. It only took two and a half years of the podcast for me to do it. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady has inspired this start bench cut. And for the wrong reasons, this, these are the athletes who hung on too long. The three options from the NHL, Chris Chelios from the NFL, Brett Favre from boxing, Muhammad Ali. Your start will be the one who hung on too long. Your bench will be the middle man and your cut will be the one who didn't hang on, who hung on the least amount, which is a good thing. Okay. Go ahead. I got mine. Start Brett Favre. Um, I think because I think what you have to factor into this is the role the team has given you or the role within the sport itself that you are um, doing. So for, for me, Favre was still like, he was still even towards the end of his career, even the endless retiring, not retiring. He was still trying to chuck him like 50 times a game. And he was just in, it was interception after interception after interception. Those are car facts. If That's had, true. If he had limited, and I, I know sometimes he did do it and it worked with, because uh, I think he had Adrian Peterson as his running back for a while there. And there was, he had bounced it out. And you see that, you see that with other quarterbacks that age, right? They, they'll, they'll limit their throws a little bit. But he, when things got desperate, he always went to the throw and he just didn't have it as much anymore. He just, it wasn't, you know, he was you're, just You're a hundred percent. So right. for me, it was just. He was a gunslinger when he was at, when he had the capability, it was wonderful, he, but he did throw a lot of, like he has the record, I think for interception still, but you're right. When, when his talent deteriorated, deteriorated, it was awful to watch. It was, it was you're nasty. absolutely right. Yep. And he couldn't let go. He could not let go. I think that was an example, another, that's an example of somebody who was just being the quarterback for the Patriots just meant, or not Patriots, Packers. Packers. Yeah. It was just, was it meant too much to him. He couldn't think outside of, of that, what that was to him in his life. And he, I mean, he has other hobbies. He hunts, he, whatever, but for whatever reason, he just couldn't get out of that. So yeah, I think he's my start. Uh, Muhammad Ali. I mean, he still went on to do all kinds of things outside of the sport of boxing after he retired, but it would have been, I mean, seeing how his health deteriorated towards the end of his towards even the last 15, 20 years of his life, really, it would have been, it does make you wonder if he had ended it a little sooner, if he could have gotten more of life um, in his last 15, 20 years. 
And um, Chelios, I think actually he's, he continued to play, but he allowed the coaching staff, or maybe he had to allow the coaching staff to really limit his role. Like towards the end, he was playing seven, eight minutes. He was the seventh defenseman. There was that one controversy where he didn't, they wouldn't even suit him up for um, that uh, outdoor game. I remember ringing into that and he was super pissed about that kind of a dick move. I think it was Babcock kind of a dick move on Babcock's part. And he just ended up drinking the whole game or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought generally, and maybe that wasn't Chelios's choice. Maybe that was more of a coaching decision. They really limited his playing time towards the end of his but career. But that's because he hung and on I too long and the coaches didn't trust him anymore. But he still played and he did well with in the role that he was given. Yeah. Rarely did I see him. He rarely did I see him get embarrassed. Rarely did I see him get beat. Rarely did I see him be the reason his team lost. And that's why he's your um, cut, which is he did the best. That's why job he's my he's my cut because he did not do a good job. Yes. It's similar to Yager, right? Like I thought I yeah. thought even I mean Yager's still playing, I guess, and div to Czech Republic. Um, because he owns the team, but like I thought, Yager kind of went with the NHL too. Limited his ice time, and we'll see what happens with Ovechkin. Ovechkin will be an interesting one to watch. Will he just start to become a power play specialist over time? Right as he pushes for Gretzky's record, is he going to overextend himself? Hmm. That will be an interesting thing. But I thought if we're comparing those three, that's kind of how I line those up. I like it. Um, I feel like Chelios goes out the least, right? Or lost, lost the least. Right. In towards his retirement, Josh, your thoughts on those three? Um, well, first off, I'm curious why Chelios and not like I don't know, Gordy Howe hung on there pretty good. Yeah, hung on a long time, but I just chose Chelios. I could have chose Howe, but Chelios is on the list. Or Yager, he's still playing. For yeah, but Yager, Yager played. Like- yeah, he hung on, but I guess like with in the NHL, he played at a higher level than Chelios in the end. Well, he's. Yeah, he's still going on, and he's and he had like two goals. No, but I mean, like in the NHL, he's hung on yeah. like, like two, one way goal. too long in hockey in general. But in the NHL, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, so I was listening to Jester. I missed. So we're starting the person we thought that hung on the least amount the most, of time. The most. The, oh, the, the most. The worst. Oh, oh, then it's probably. I mean Tom Brady. Why not? He's an idiot. Like he just. Uh, the- do you listen? Do you listen to anything I say, or you just <laughs> in one ear or at the other? Who are the three? Chris Muhammad Ali, Chris Muhammad Chilius. Ali, yeah, and Favre, Brett Favre, Favre. Um, well, okay. I don't know much about Favre other than he was in something about Mary. Minute. Um, yeah, that's right, and they called him Favre, and that. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota um, and the New York Jets after the Packers and the Minnesota experiment was okay because he went to the playoffs, but the Jets, it was a disaster. And it was just, it was probably three or four seasons too long. Well, then it sounds like he would be number one. Uh, Chelios, I mean, that's the thing with hockey, right? Like just because you have a big name on your bench doesn't mean that he's going to get ice time. Like, you, you know, like, and and a lot of those guys like they hung on a little longer. You can even put Robitaille in there. He hung on a little longer too. So <gasps> lucky Luke hung on too long. Well, I think he was just going for assists. Wanted to, anyways. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I get. I guess 
Chelios number two, and then Muhammad, I guess, will go number three. I suppose. Despite the brain injuries? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe Muhammad's number one. I don't know. It's it's very hard to say. There's like a bunch of different elements, right? Boxers generally don't have, you know, the longest shelf life on that. But anyways, I I mean, Mike Tyson tried to make a comeback. What was that last year? I mean, yeah. Is it last year? I will basically do the opposite of you, Josh, just to be contrarian. But I think number one is Muhammad Ali hung on too long, had no quality. Well, not no, but had such a horrid quality of life because he, as he kept going in such a vicious sport uh number and then my bench would be uh my bench would be chelios because despite mm, no my bench would be farve i think i watched it so much that uh i really respected him it's sort of like brady even though farve is three or four years i really respected him and then i suddenly did not um, because it was just like, man, just do something else. Just like learn from Andrew Luck and do something else. And then my bench, which would have to be Chelios, which the, the charm of Chelios is what I hear about. Like, this is not an admirable thing, but he used to have, he used to like to party a lot. He used to like to drink a lot. And then he would sweat it out in the sauna dressed in a garbage bag, which again is not something that you would want anybody to um, imitate, but there's something about Chelios where you're like, man, that guy has work ethic. He probably ruined his vital organs by doing all of this, but um, yeah, he'll be my cut. I think he still does it. (laughs) He still does it where he sweats it out. He sweats out the night before the next morning in the sun. I think, I think what you mean, he, he, uh, I don't know about the garbage bag, but he rides a bike in the sauna. I heard the, I mean, maybe the garbage bag is myth, but I've also heard that too. Like he's a maniac and he's just kind of like, which, yeah, whatever. That's not a good thing. I would never want to do that. And yeah, people have died doing that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I mean, the one the bon- the one bonus with Telios is it seems like he was a pretty good father, based on what his kids say and think about him. He, you know, he cared about them. He spent a lot of quality time with them, and they're relatively well-adjusted, successful people now. Thank so. you, Hove. You didn't have to say that. That just confirms my star bench cut and really he flies in the face. Almost of the Josh's. same as mine, except outside of the well, the animosities. Well, that sports. Thank you for joining us for that sports podcast. It was a spicy one tonight. And uh, we'll come to you again next week. What's that? What's that, Jay Money? Nothing. You want to have the final word? You usually no, before I. No, you, no. you know what? You can even take it away to whoever we take it away to if you want. Wait, who's the. You know the exactly who he is. Oh, yeah. Uh, Steve. Steven. Steve, take it away. Take it away, old Steve.